Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. No, it's not Power Trip. I'm sorry, Tori. It is Uh They Might Be Giants. (laughs) And what shirt are you wearing? I can't see the shirt. This is a Danhausen shirt. And it's got a Bart vampire. Okay, I wasn't. Sure. I figured it was a band, but I, I, I guess second guess. It's wrestling. wrestling. Uh, and uh, Tori and I are going to talk about thirty-two footsteps off of the self-titled debut, aka the Pink Album. Here we go. Thirty-two footsteps leading to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry. Thirty-two footsteps running on the road where the door reaches the sky. Thirty-two feathers in my brand new Indian headdress. Thirty-two new moons shining in thirty-two skies. What's the reason why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. Thirty-two footsteps scattered in myself. Thirty-two footsteps. Bing bang bing along, sing 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 along, ting dang ting along, day. Bing bang ping along, king gang king along, ping gang king along, day. Tori, what's up? What is up? Happy to be here. So, Air, Arizona, huh? Monsoon season. Monsoon season. What is scientifically what makes a monsoon? Why how like we get tornadoes here. Uh I know what a hurricane is. What is a monsoon exactly uh weather system wise? What is that? Do? It's it's just rain. It's okay. a ton of rain pretty much all the time. Cuz in Arizona, once- you'd be like, you get no rain. Yeah, no, we we don't for most of the year. It's kind of summer all year, and when actual summer hits, then it's the Pacific Northwest for three months, wow. and then it's back to being hot. That's crazy. So, like, can you actually like grow a vegetable garden out there if you just like plant it and then get a bunch of rain? Oh, that, my backyard is like a jungle right now. Wow, it's out of control. Man, hold on, I need to look on a map. What is the name of the the town you're in again? Bisbee. B i s. B-E-E. Bisbee, Arizona. Let me see where you're at. Yeah, you're close to uh, the Rio Grande. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very weird. Like, Arizona is a pretty conservative state overall, but this yep. is like this weird hippie community just in the middle of nowhere. That's doesn't make cool. sense. There's like celebrities have houses here. Really? Doug Stanhope lives. Yeah, Johnny Depp has a house here. Doug Stanhope lives like two blocks away from me. It's like <laughs> a Stanhope weird. <laughs> wow. So how's your mayor? Ken Budge. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't identify him, honestly. <laughs> I, it just came up in the Google thing. The mayor is Ken Budge. So, okay. Yeah. This is funny. This is like some best Midwestern stuff where Scott will quiz me. He'll have me guess 
the population of states that we're talking about. He'll have me guess okay. the population of cities. He'll have me guess the demographics. And I'm like, hmm, how close to 100% white is this state? <laughs> you know, and I'll be like, Nebraska, yeah. Nebraska, uh, 96.5% white. You'd be like, oh, you're close. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Does it tell you what it is here? Uh, let's see. I would guess about 50 50 because we're so close to Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Demographics of Bisbee. Like the older you get, like I'm almost 41. How old are you now? I am 32 years old. Yeah. The older you get, I was saying, like the more dorky you get about like history stuff and and i mean really anything because uh cara says i'm out of the uh those progressive commercials where <laughs> the the guys they they walk into a furniture store and the guy's like you ever think about the storage operation this place must have and the, the guy's like no because <laughs> we're nice. in madrid we're in madrid and i'm noticing how clean the city is and like there's a lot of graffiti and stuff in certain parts of the city there's big cool graffiti murals that i think were probably commissioned but like there's no trash um unless you go out at like 7 a.m which is when i was going out to skate and everything's like two hours later there so like people are going to work like they're getting up for work they're not getting up at six or seven a.m they're getting up at nine a.m then lunch isn't at noon it's at two dinner isn't at seven it's at nine shows or clubs don't start yeah shows or clubs don't start at 10 shit starts it starts popping off at midnight like i'd be waking up at six to go skating before the girls wake up people are puking out on the sidewalk at the club across the street i'm like it's 6 a.m but for them that's like 4 a.m like people who are like really partying till 4 a.m in the u.s here if you're really partying you're up till 6 (laughs) a.m i'm like i'm already up for saturday and for them they'd still say it's friday night Interesting. Let's see. Bisbee, Arizona. This doesn't seem right. 2022 says white 92.25%. Bullshit. No. No way. Do you think there's a lot of undocumented workers and stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's got to be. So this can't be right. Um, Because, yeah, we got... Let me go to a different site. This is white, 92%, some other race, 2.75%. What does that mean? Two or more races, 2.5%. American Indian or Alaskan Well, that's Native, like me. 1%. Uh, so you've got less than 1% uh, African American there. So that that right? does seem accurate. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, let's just anyway. see what Data USA says. Data USA. Poverty rate, 21%. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, population 5,000. Yeah. Median household income, 34,000. That's pretty low. Sounds like places are cheap around there, though. Median property value, 132,000. Yep, no, it's yep. it's definitely cheap. Yeah. Yeah, in Lafayette here, things are very affordable. Like, we cannot afford as nice a house as we have anywhere. But, you know conservative indiana that's the one thing you benefit from lower taxes but like then you got definitely potholes because people don't understand that taxes pay for shit like that (laughs) yeah Uh, all these damn libertarians who are like fucking i don't know i've just been on an elon musk fucking 
streak with that fucking dude. It's like, uh, do you understand how many people you could help with all this money and all these libertarians? It's like, oh, it's a big government, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with it, you? Like, taxes? It is funny. Pay I guess for your he's police. Being, <laughs> yeah, he's being forced to buy Twitter is what I hear today. Like he tried oh, to back out and they're like, yeah. nope, you're going to give us that 44 billion or whatever. Nice. Yeah, I tweeted out for the outdoor Valorican. I was like, Elon Musk is like that kid who always wants to take his ball and go home when things don't go his way, except his ball is worth $44 billion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're here to talk about the MIP Giants, I guess, but uh, we people should know that, uh, so this is a punknews.org uh, network podcast, and... Um, Punk till I die. I think they left the network. Those old cranks, okay. even older than me. I remember that. Best in Western, my other one, and then the original Punk News podcast, which John Dent's Gentilly is fully running, pretty much. Though M Moore has been taking some uh, rain on that, which is nice to see a lady uh, taking the reins on a podcast there because we needed that. But uh, that's on yeah. like episode <laughs> like eight hundred or something. I don't even know. I was the producer. Oh for wow. That. I was the producer for like 200 episodes. I was on that, I think, twice pretty yeah. early on. Maybe yeah, I don't I, remember if we did it together or not. But I was on there really early. I mean, I just I just celebrated my 20th year at Punk News. I started in 2002. Oh wow! Yeah, right. I'm. It's just it's Adam is the only person still there that has been there longer than me. <laughs> That's a, I Which started. Is think 2009 yeah and gentilly's been there at least 15 years but but anyway um so this is a punk news podcast and we met through punk news uh and i actually i was talking to cara i'm like oh you might remember tori i'm like i think he reviewed one of our records so i did i googled i was like oh he reviewed our portrait ep a decade ago and gave it three out of five stars what Oof. the fuck, Tori? Podcast canceled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will no, say, though, there's six... so many reviews from there that I just don't stand by at all anymore that were so long ago. Like, that band Title Fight, yeah. I just shit all over them. I love that band now. Like, Jeff Rosenstock, I think. Well, they changed a lot. Oh, really? They did. Wow. Yeah. I love Jeff Rosenstock now. I was not a fan back in the day. Uh, like, you didn't, like, bomb the music industry? Yeah, I guess it was Bomb at that point. He wasn't solo yet. Yeah, I didn't... I, didn't, well, I wasn't crazy about Bomb in the Music Industry until Scrambles. That one, like the song 25, hooked me. Uh, That's... Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of same boat. But like from Scrambles and then Vacation, all his solo stuff's like gold. Yeah. Once he's like, I'm going to like have some semblance of order to these songs. Because it was just like pure <laughs> chaos in that early stuff. Scrambles that is still pretty chaotic. Kind of Kind of, they might be giantsy though. It's like yeah. a lot of weird instruments. So and... he's a they might be giants fan, and I've been trying to get him on the podcast through Mike Park, who was on you know three years ago or whatever. Um, and Mike Park is like, admittedly, a very forgetful person. He's like, just remind yep. me, remind me about this, remind me in a month. Uh, and so he's like, oh, Rosenstock's uh, in the process of moving to New York. This was like two years ago. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send him a message, but I don't know when he'll get back to me. And so I messaged Mike like a month later. Did you ever message Jeff? Oh, I forgot. I'll do it now. <laughs> a couple weeks later, I'm like, did Jeff not respond? 
oh, I forgot to email him. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> like, how do you run a label? I guess, like, all his brain cells go to the label in his own bands, yeah. probably. So I found the review of Portrait, our 2012, our oh, second God. EP that we put out. Okay. Uh, and there's, I love, the, I love, they always put, so the, the reason I picked you is that you were still kind of a new reviewer, or I didn't really know you that much at the time. Every time yep. we have a new release, any of my bands, I try to pick someone who's kind of fresh on the staff or that I haven't like friended on Facebook and talked to a bunch mm-hmm. to get at least some sort of unbiased review. So there's an editor's note at the beginning. While Greg Simpson has been a staff reviewer for the org for well over 50 years, <laughs> he has little to no relationship with staff reviewer Tori Peterson, who dared to review Simpson's latest musical happening. If anything, they're enemies. Sexy enemies, dot, dot, dot. What was I talking about? I don't know who put that in there. Probably Adam. Um, (laughs) So uh, let me see. Let me get some gems from here. Um, Okay, so Portrait uh, opens with an almost sinister plotting drum beat and rumblings of guitar feedback, calling to mind groups like the Jesus Lizard. I was actually channeling the Jesus and Mary chain. So you got Jesus, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and signaling right away. that This is going to be a much noisier affair than their 2011 debut. Don't panic. I actually wrote that song around a sampled, uh, Jesus, and Mary chain beat. I sampled the first four oh. measures of, uh, little underground, I think. I don't know. And then I wrote okay. the song over top of that. But yeah, you're close. Jesus Lizard is good and noisy too. Uh, I'm trying to see. Oh yeah. So you bring out the pains of being pure at heart. That's Good band. A fair, fair comparison. Uh, then the Power Pop Diddy Teen Beat. It's, it's catchy enough, but Outdoor Valor functions best when both vocalists are working together, as they do on the Elvis Costello-esque It's Easy. So I remember reading this. I'm like, this is all good stuff. What's with the three out of five stars? Yeah, that doesn't, like, yeah. That doesn't sound like it matches up. Yeah. Uh, I think that, maybe yeah. I was trying to not, you know, seem like... Just doing my buddy a favor or something, I guess. Right, right. Maybe. Okay, so so here's putting what, it a little too low. Here's what all my bands have gotten, and here's like I don't I don't think any of my bands have ever been really directly influenced by They Might Be Giants. I think it's more just a thing where like the essence of They Might Be Giants is just in me to where I don't want to write the same song over and over again. So like you said, it's same thing. Okay. Doppelpopolis have got has gotten the same critiques. Uh, your last paragraph says the four songs that make a portrait could not be more different from each other. Trying a hand at a variety of genres can pay off enormously on a full length, but on a four track EP, such a disparity in style suggests that the group hasn't quite found their sound yet, but they're getting there. Fans of both power pop and shoegaze tinged indie rock would do well to give portrait a listen and keep an eye on this guy and gal. That's like, I mean, that perfectly sums it up. Like I remember reading their view. I'm like, I'm like, he gets it. And that he doesn't get it. No, like, yeah. the first, like uh, I think who reviewed Face the Strange? I mean, that was our first full length. We put out two EPs before we put out the full length. And uh, we got three and a half stars out of five. Uh, Alex reviewed this. Yeah, the last paragraph is like almost identical to yours. With an album like this, diversity can either be its biggest blessing or greatest curse. While it may be a refreshing... (laughs) So we hadn't learned anything in three years. We still hadn't learned to get a cohesive sound. While it may be a refreshing take on disparate sounds Greg and Kara enjoy, each song risks alienating the listener because it's just so different from the last. Judging from lead vocals alone, it seems the Greg Penn songs fall a little heavier on the pop rock side, while Kara's tracks are radio-ready and poppy, 
With this divide, listeners might end up picking favorites and discarding the rest depending on where their tastes land. Either way, kudos to the band for fucking going for it. This ain't a four-chord rock album. There's a lot to take in and worthy exploration. So I took all of this uh, as compliments. And the first Doppelpopolis EP... The person who reviewed it, they said we sounded it was musical whiplash, and I'm like, that should be our genre. <laughs> I'm like, that should be our genre because yeah. we have, I mean, we're basically a Lafayette supergroup now. But like, all three of us yeah. have been frontmen on other bands, so all three of mm-hmm. us uh, write songs and sing lead. So the songs are just yeah. all, all different, you know, punk, so pop punk, indie rock, some emoish kind of stuff. So we got three out of five stars on our 2018. Uh, Keegan reviewed that. Um, the word disparate Sorry. gets used in every fucking review of every band of mine. They seem to be wearing their influences on their sleeves, disparate as those influences are. It'd be interesting to see if future releases continue to run those influences and genres side by side, or if the band decides to coalesce them into a single cohesive sound. seems like everybody's (laughs) saying the same thing (laughs) and for both my bands these are catchy enjoyable songs but you could be forgiven for thinking they came from a two band split with the second band uncredited (laughs) 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 man yeah Yeah. they vary wildly in terms of sound I, I, I just that's the they might be giants thing that I take and put into my bands is that I don't want to just play the same thing, whether it's an indie rock yep. retro influenced band or a punk band. I like changing it up. I think just as a listener, that's kind of how I am too. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I get bored pretty easily if I'm just listening to the same kind of thing over and over again. Yeah. Well, and, I was working on, I was building this grind box out in my driveway. I had on, first I had on They Map Giants just kind of getting in the mood for an, a podcast, having not recorded one in six weeks, seven weeks. And then I put on uh, Master of Puppets, the whole nice. album, just like Stranger Things got me in the mood for some classic Metallica. And then uh, Outcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was, they might be Giants, Those Metallica, are... and Outcast. I'd go see that show. Right? (laughs) I know. That's the bills we always play, both of my bands, because Lafayette, it's like, it's, you know, there's like three punk bands in town. That's that's it. And there's like maybe two indie rock bands in town. There's even less. It's like, unless you want to play the cover band, you're kind of playing with like, you might play a punk band and an indie rock band and like a garage rock band, which is like, it's a good show. Each band is different, but in some bigger towns, you might be like, why are these bands playing together? This one's fast, and this one's not fast. Bizarre. I love that, honestly. that's Those are the best shows. And if you look at the Pink Album, so let's let's seamlessly transition into talking. The self-titled debut, as the dorks same call it, the Pink Album. Same year as Master of Puppets. Yeah, where's... Come on. Come on, Duffer Brothers. Where was the They Might Be Giants big song drop? What you know, Kate Bush is fine and all, but what if she was putting the headphones on and listening to Thirty Two Footsteps to keep her soul from being snatched by the fucking demon dude? Uh, come on, I bet somebody can edit that together. Yeah, so this is a shout out to so <laughs> if people want free TMVP merch, if someone can uh, you know edit a scene from Stranger Things. 
with Max putting on headphones and it plays like fucking like chess piece face or something or <laughs> something bizarre rabid child and that's the song that you'll hear in the background like every episode of stranger things how great would that be oh man so the pink album uh as i don't remember when i found out that you were they might be giants fan actually when did we put that well, together? i wasn't i wasn't really it was when i bought this album I found it at got a on cassette. Store. On cassette. It's on cassette. It's yeah. um Oh, you know I what? Let's take a picture with you holding that up. Get mad props for the cassette. Three, two, one. Perfect. Yep. Us dorks like our weird mediums. Did you know they released their last album oh, on eight track? That rules. I love that. And it actually is playable if you have a player. It's not just like a novelty. Uh well it is kind of. <laughs> So you got that at a thrift store how long ago? This is probably over a year ago now. It was a while ago when we first started talking about this. And I asked you, because it was sealed, I've since opened it. But um, I was like, what is this? Like, is this anything? Because <laughs> this is like, it's, it looks original. It says 1986, Bar None Records. It's got a P.O. box for Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh As, man! I think I, I just bet. asked you, like, wow. is this worth anything? And you looked it up, and you're like, it's going on eBay for like seven bucks. Just listen to it; it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but that is definitely first pressing, probably if it's bar none, because I think at this point they've gotten the rights back to all of their shit, and their label is called Idle Wild. So you might still be able to get like a new one on cassette. It's possible. I'm looking at their site right now, but it would probably say Idlewild on the back, not Bar None. Um, yeah, I'm looking right now. But yeah, I was like, open it up and listen to it, man. So, yeah. but was that really your first experience with They Might Be Giants ever, or did you hear them on like what? Malcolm in the Middle, or you know they did the Daily Show song, right? I, I did just find that out like this week, so I knew that. No, yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, I think for like everybody my age, that's probably the first time you hear it. Because yeah. I was, Flood came out the year I was born, so I wasn't like, you know, right on right. board. So I think for a long time, yeah, it was just that. And I knew Istanbul, I knew a couple, uh, like Birdhouse, mm-hmm. a few. And honestly, listening to this for the first time, I was surprised. I knew Don't Let's Start. I couldn't tell you where I knew it from, but I was like, oh, this song. I know this song. Yep. I mean, that was their first big signal single that got played on like 180 minutes and stuff. So I'm looking on the site for, uh, see if they have a tape of the first album. And it does say that it was released on Bar None and you can buy it direct from them but i'm trying to see they probably don't have this one on cassette they have released their new stuff on cassette just because that kind of came back it did i'm not complaining about that i think it's cool i mean there's so many dorks that will buy stuff they can't even play just to have the thing (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's funny though like you could just go on google images print out a a, you know a cassette sized picture of it and put it in a cassette case and be like hey i got it yeah Yeah. No, I told I was buying like when vinyl really started kicking up again, like mid two thousands, probably. I started buying records before I had a record player, for sure. Yeah, but the plan was to get a player, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 uh, I just got that collector thing. Right. Uh, It's cool. You know, a friend of mine, John Hancuff, who was on the uh, "They'll Need a Crane" live episode. 
And he was just on a Patreon episode too. Yeah, they'll need a crane covers episode. He, uh, I stayed at his house when I was down there in Bloomington, which is like two hours from here, um, for non Hoosiers, two and a half maybe. And I stayed at his house, and his daughter was his teenage daughter was away for the weekend, and he's like, "Oh yeah, she doesn't care. You can stay in her room, sleep in her bed." So it's like it's very <laughs> weird staying in a teenage girl's room, but she is like total like goth girl. Uh, totally cool. I gave her piano lessons, like, you know, when I lived down there when she was much younger and not as goth. And so she had a little record collection and it was like, it was only like 15 records, but she had a little portable player and it was like the coolest, most diverse collection. Like if you were to pick 15 records, like the, such a small collection, but it was like, uh, Revolver, uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, The Smiths. The Smiths, like Joy Division, like it was like the craziest bit of like goth and emo and like like essential rock albums. I was like, man, I'm like her dad clearly like took her shopping. I was like, you should get this one because <laughs> John is like a huge Smiths fan. Uh, hates Morrissey as a por- person now, just like we all should. I, um, yeah, I think yeah. everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> Such an asshole! My God, such a self righteous prick. Anyway. Smiths are great, but he is a fucking douchebag. Oh, yeah. Did you see the Morrissey Simpsons episode that came out a year oh, or two ago? I, I watched the clips of it just after he like had a shit fit about it because of course he did. Yeah. Most most celebrities <laughs> wouldn't even acknowledge something like that, but of course yeah. he did. Of course oh, he my did. God, yeah. I can't find a cassette on this. I don't think they offered on cassette. They have it on vinyl, the first uh, album, but not cassette. So you well, got that, something there, man. You yeah, got this it. just makes this one cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bought. Do you remember CD singles? Probably not, because you were like a baby. I do. Okay, I do. So, uh, do you remember three-inch mini CDs? Not not really, no. Was that the Sony thing, the mini disc, or is this something else? No, that was a whole other format. This was, so I still have my component stereo system that has a five-disc rotating CD changer, and it has Love those. The, the regular, you know, 5.75-inch, whatever, that a CD fits in, but then it also has a smaller circle. So they have these three-inch CDs. Uh, it's basically the seven-inch of the CD world. So it, I have, okay. I just got the They'll Need a Crane EP on three inch CD. So it has four songs on it, four songs on a little three inch okay. thing, and it works in my player. Like you could not use them in a CD player that sucks the CD in; it would probably break your yep. shit. But you, it has little, like my CD player is old enough that it has a little thing that you, it's made oh. for those. And actually, That's awesome. oh, so it's like the GameCube disc size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Re- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think those are three inch. But I actually just won an auction for the Don't Let's Start EP on 3-inch CD. And I'm bidding currently on the Hotel Detective EP 3-inch CD. Those are the only three, they might be Giants 3-inch CDs that exist. And I don't own any of those EPs on any format. So I figured that's a cool thing to own. And I don't actually have those on physical media in any capacity. So, uh... Here's so hoping. do you have everything? I'm guessing <laughs> do you have like all 26 records and I, okay. however many? Yes, I have all the full lengths um, on either CD or well, I have them all on CD. I have some also on vinyl, you know, doubles. 
Triples is best. But triples I, is best. <laughs> triples is safe. Triples is best. Yeah. And I own every kind of classic car. What's that? Uh, classic cars. I own every kind of a classic car because I'm rich, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's rich. I even have doubles. What? I have doubles of the cars. Some of them. That way I know I have a pristine one in storage. And then I can drive it and get scratched. I don't care. Yeah. Actually, that's how I know about the ice cream store, because I drove by one earlier today in one of the doubles, uh, the double of the uh, of the Barracuda. Actually, I have, I have triples of the Barracuda. I have triples, right? If I don't have triples, then the other stuff's not true. He has triples of the Barracuda. See? The Barracuda is the one I have triples of. Oh, no, actually, I also have triples of the Roadrunner, too. But just those two. And your dad and I are the same age, and I'm rich, and I have triples of the Barracuda and the Roadrunner. Uh, can, can we get the check, please, when you get a chance? Oh, this is good news. That deal went through. Yeah, all right, that's gonna work out. I have triples of the Nova now. Triples makes it safe now. Triples is best. Yeah, that's Would good. You stop? I love my cars. You know me. I'm driving my classic cars all the time. It's just me and the open road. And I've been collecting the EPs that are out of print. So when they were on Electra. Uh, like in the nineties, you were putting out CD singles, you were putting out EPs to promote the albums. So like John Henry, have you ever heard John Henry? Have you heard the rest of like the, the classic era stuff? Okay. No, so, I'm pretty much an outsider. I'm just now getting into this. Oh, that's fine. Um, if you're a Spotify person, you should check out my best stuff. That would give you a full tour of the, their whole yeah. thing. But John Henry Send was the me. first album where they were a full band. Um, Tony Maimone, who played with Para Ubu for like 20 yep. years, was their bass player on that album, that album only. And Brian Doherty, who drummed on their first two full band albums. Um, but they put out an EP called Back to Skull. And that, that's cool. When they got off of Electra, uh, they eventually got the rights back to the full lengths, but these EPs. The Statue Got Me High EP, the uh, Istanbul EP, the I Palindrome I EP, all these early 90s, mid-90s EPs went out of print. So I've been going on Discogs and eBay and buying all of those. So I didn't have the nice. EPs because when I was in high school, middle school, high school, yeah, I guess it was 14 when I first got into them, 13, 14, um, I wasn't made of money. I was buying the albums. Sure. I wasn't buying the EPs, <laughs> right? And you couldn't just hop on somewhere and listen to these songs. So there were songs that like I didn't hear until like the YouTube era when people were starting to upload shit. You know, like a yep. decade later, I'm finally hearing these songs, maybe even longer. So I'm buying the physical copies, which there's plenty around and people who always need money and are selling their shit. So like I'm getting the EPs for like less than 20 bucks or whatever. And it's just cool to have, even though. Well, actually, even on streaming, those Electra EPs, there's tons of B-sides that you aren't people have uploaded them to YouTube, but aren't on Spotify or any official streaming because they're just out of print and out of the licensing or the publishing rights or something. I don't know. All that bullshit with the major label, like they lost sure. those songs or something. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. But buying the CDs was a good way to, like, yeah. rather than ripping a song to MP3 off of YouTube, to actually put the CD into my player, rip a WAV file, and have a good lossless you nice. know, version of these B-sides that are, you know, were almost lost to yep. the sands of time. Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. So, really, all you know is the first album and, like, the singles from 
the early stuff? Flood. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. I don't know why. I have no excuse. Like, you know, I'm like a Weezer fan. I'm not opposed to dorky stuff. I just <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, what, well, what about their second album, Lincoln? Maybe you haven't heard the whole thing, but have you heard Anna Ng? I don't Ng? think I have. Have it's I heard what? I'm sorry. A- Anna Ng. It's a Vietnamese I don't recognize the yeah. name. So it starts out, it's a very, very distinct uh, rhythm at the beginning. It goes... That was a big hit on MTV for them at the time. Uh, 120 minutes MTV, you know, late night MTV. Yeah. But the chorus super poppy. Anna Ing and I are getting old, but we still haven't walked in the glow of each other. You haven't heard that song? I'm Yeah, I, I might Sounds have. Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. I'll listen to it after this. It's crazy that like but. Anna Ing like, considered one of their greatest songs and you haven't heard it, but I like having no, people. I, tell I you, haven't I said, heard. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I like having non-nerds on the show. <laughs> there's probably nine hundred and change songs of theirs that I haven't heard. <laughs> That's fine. I'll tell you, like Adam, uh, Adam is package. Uh, Adam, Adam Gorin has been on the show three yeah. times. We're gonna do another episode soon, but we're actually. Um, I think I could probably announce this. Uh, uh, Matt Flood, do you know Matt Flood? He runs Asbestos Records. Um, he's put out a lot of vinyl, vinyl for bands that are on other labels. Like he's put out Jeff Rosensock vinyl. He's reissued Adamant's Package vinyl. He's put out uh, They Might Be Giants vinyl. Like he's actually he actually put out the first time John Henry was ever on vinyl. He released it because uh, in 1994 vinyl was completely out. Yeah, you know gone maybe still cassettes but like cds 1994 that was cds right um he uh we became friends and he uh was on an episode a year ago two years ago i don't even know it's all blur and me and adam have done three covers together collaborating on they might be giants covers and matt flood liked those three so much he said hey if you record a couple more I will put out a seven inch of you and Adam doing the MIP Giants covers. So hell yeah, I'm going to be on vinyl for the first time ever. I've never had a vinyl release from any of my bands. Just didn't make sense financially, but we are going to record. He requested a boss of me cover. Have you heard boss of me? The Malcolm in the middle song. Oh yeah. That's a Malcolm song. Yeah. So he is, he is asking. And as the label guy, who's going to pay to press this vinyl, he is asking that we do that one as a selling point. Cause the other three songs we've done so far have been pretty obscure. We did boat of car. If you haven't heard Adam and me do boat of car off that off your tape, I, yeah. Um, uh, Montana, a John Linnell solo song from 1999, and um, oh yeah, uh, Alphabet of Nations <laughs> off of uh, their second kids album. Here come the ABCs, which was fun too. So he's requesting Boss of Me, and then we're trying to decide on the fifth song uh, because our songs are so short because we speed them up like 20 BPM. We're going to cram five songs onto a seven inch and it'll be out on asbestos nice. records. Probably. I would say at the very end of this calendar year, probably more like 2023. Cause we still need to record two songs. Um, and then vinyl plants jam everything up, but it's, I'm super excited. That's so cool. That's awesome. The reason I brought up Adam is that he only knows them up through basically till the turn of the century. Uh, and then kind of stopped and then heard some of the kids' albums when he had kids. He used that as an excuse to get back into the MP Giants. 
Same story with John Darnielle, the Mountain Goats, when he was on. He only knew like their first two albums. I don't think he even knew Flood really. <laughs> he had already <laughs> gone on to be like a metal method tweaker uh, phase of yeah. his life. Uh, and when he came back around, got his life together, got his nursing degree, got married, had kids, he got back into They Might Be Giants through their kids' albums. And so you are not the only one. You are in good company with knowing yeah. very little They Might Be Giants content but really liking yeah. what you've you've heard. Would you say you really like yeah. that full album, or what do you think of the album as a whole before we get to 32 Foot Sessions? As a whole, I like it. I think this, I mean, I listen to 30 foot, 32 Footsteps the most, obviously. I'm very into it. Don't Let's Start, that's the only other one like I already knew. That's my favorite, for sure. I think that's the best song sure. on the album. It's just a banger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, Puppet Head was their first single, then Don't Let's Start. Those were the two big ones. So she's an angel is the one of the hotel crowd detective song. Hotel detective was also a that that got a video too. She's an angel never got a video, but that is like one of the favorites. Like if you look at the songs, song rankings, I think she's an angel might be the highest off of. I wonder if that's higher than Don't Let's Start. That's the one. I met someone at the dog show. She yep. was holding. Yeah. When you're following an angel, doesn't mean you have to throw your body off the building. Great song. Um, that was a 10. I've, I've given, I think, less than, fewer than 10, 10 out of 10 scores. And that was one of them. Oh, wow. Okay, so don't let starts at number three, but she's an angel's at number five on the total song rankings, which. They're both up there. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then I guess the next one off of that album, as far as ranking stuff, God, we go a lot farther down. Yeah, I can't even find another one. I mean, people love the Pink album, but it was definitely a weird album in that, and one of my favorites in how weird it is, in that it had like the pop songs. I mean, they're weird pop songs, but the pop songs, and then the really fucked up songs, just like... This is something where if you had reviewed it on Punk News right around that same era of reviewing... I would have said they're doing too many different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way Pick a lane. Yeah. I mean, way more crazy shifting than Outdoor Velour has ever done. <laughs> At least we don't put on weird voices. You know? <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we weren't singing old love like... Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> I was I was looking back at when you first messaged me about this, and I think what I said was it sounds like Mr. Bungle, but the heavy part never comes. <laughs> I still think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. They get compared like a lot California. to um, Oingo Boingo. Um, yep. They, um, I mean, the bands that people that the Venn diagram of they might be Giants fans and other bands seem that that seem to line up the most are. Weird Al, of course. Um, Accordion. Bare Naked Ladies, who I'm not that crazy about, but they're fine. Yeah. Um, Ween. I see that. And Sparks. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So those are the ones that, and again, I think also because Sparks is a duo, Ween is a duo. Um, Ween is a band who has tried out a ton of different genres. I mean, they mostly go from album yeah. to album, like they did the, you know, yeah. the country the album. country right? album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am nowhere near into any of those bands as much as they might be Giants. Like, 
I'm, you know, listening to like Lagwagon or something, you know, and then they might yeah. be giants. You know, I'm I'm not uh, in the like geek rock world all that much other than they might be giants. I think I'm I'm the weird that one. Sparks documentary is incredible, by the way. Did you see that? That I haven't watched one? it yet. What uh, what streaming so service good. is that on? Uh, I think it was on Netflix at one point. You might okay. just have to rent it now. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I should watch it. They're one of those bands. I've had people make me ween uh, Spotify playlists and spark Spotify playlists because I'm like, I don't know where to start. It's like They Might Be Giants where it's like, oh, my God. Like, you go and look at their discography, and you're like, I don't fucking know. What do I I click on? What should I listen to? Am I going to listen to the I think that doc will give you a little. Yeah. That doc's a pretty good intro. I got into them from that. I mean, people did. It gives you a little bit of everything. Yeah, I was I was, <laughs> I listened to that. Uh, what's the what's the Sparks album where they're tied up in the back of the boat? That old one. Oh yeah, whatever it's like one a that story. is. Story. Yeah, mm. people people say that, that that it seems to be widely agreed upon as their greatest album, but uh, it is really good. But I think the first time I was convinced to listen to it, I think I live tweeted as I was listening to it. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, they covered Nico Case. I don't know if you've heard that Nico Case covered a song off that album, um, but I'm just like you know, giving people shit. I'm like, wow, they covered Nico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do need to get into Sparks more. Ween, I think it's just, I don't know. To me, they're just too weird for the I sake, never really got into Ween. They're too druggy. Well, no. And I like a lot of drug-influenced music for being a straight-edge guy who's never done anything. Yeah. I like a lot of druggy, psychedelic music. But for some reason, when it comes to weird, nerdy music, They Might Be Giants caffeine fueled nerdy music is exactly what i want where ween is like they might be giants is like we're doing weird voices because it just um, we're amusing ourselves where ween is like we're doing weird voices because we did too many mushrooms or whatever you know we yeah i I ate way too many of those and now we're gonna record the vocals i don't know (laughs) i don't know sparks is more weird band for sure they're very weird and i like yeah sparks is great sparks is great the early ween stuff i think is my favorite where it's like they really didn't know what they were doing and could barely play their instruments. That appeals to me. That appeals to me. Their major label stuff, I haven't been as fond of. But, you know, I'm trying. They're, I'm trying. I'm giving them an honest shake. It's kind of, it's very similar with They Might Be Giants with me, with Ween, where it's just like, there's too much. It's also different. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I should, because, uh, yeah, Adam actually asked me, the first time Adam and I talked, he's like, he asked me, he's like, Tell me what else I should listen to. And I'm like, here, go. These are my favorite new albums, but you should go listen to my playlist. And he did. And now I'm convincing him on new songs. And we're trying to figure out the fifth cover we're going to do. I'm trying to get it to be something from the past decade. Um, so that we're covering the full range. Boat of Car from the full no. album all the way to something really new. Um, are they doing, like, are they just doing kids music now, or is that, No, like, oh, no, 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 no. They're done with kids music. They're they're over oh, that. Oh, really? So they their first kids album was kind of just like a lark. Uh, that was uh, No in 2002. Um, and then it ended up being so successful that they got a Disney deal, and they did three albums through Disney. Here come the ABCs, oh. here come the 123s, and here comes Science. Uh, the one I did with John Darnielle, the Mountain Goats, was... Uh, Apartment four off of here come the one, two, threes. And then they did one more kids album called Why, and that was twenty fifteen. And so it's been seven years. And oh, wow. I've had 
I've had Damon Pajan's bass player, Danny, on the show three times. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, his manager has said that really the Johns are supposed to promote the band and he shouldn't talk about inside baseball too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> like he even says like, oh, it's not my band. It's the Johns band, which is weird because he's been in the band for 25 years. Um, but he he basically said, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to make a kid's album again. He has his own kids band called the Red Pants Band because he uh, he actually sings lead on three They Might Be Giants songs uh, on the kids albums, none of the regular albums. But okay. he started his own kids band. They're they're really really good. But Danny Danny's awesome. But I don't think they're doing any more kids albums. Uh, the one they did in the fall of 2021 is one of their artsiest things yet. I think because they put out a book. The album's called book and it came you could buy it with a huge book that is photography uh commissioned by them for a local new york artist and uh photographer and um this artist paul Sayre did typesetting where he found this 1970s this old typewriter and basically did like made art out of the lyrics so it's this huge book that's cool yeah oh it's super cool um and the album is a lot like this debut in that Linnell was very focused on like bangers, catchy as shit stuff that's still plenty weird. And then Flans was like, I just found out what a ring modulator plugin does, and I'm gonna do this weird <laughs> thing on this song. I mean, I'm I'm definitely uh, uh yeah. simplifying the whole thing a bit, but it's a great album. I would highly recommend it. Um but yeah, no more kids albums, they are artsy as ever. Um nice with plenty of those don't let start style bangers and the new album does have some almost boat of car chess piece face rabbit child worthy weirdness on it. Very. You'll throw that one on later. What do you oh, think? So Cause good. you know, I'm like, I'm into heavier stuff. Like the Malcolm in the middle song. I think that was definitely the first one I heard. And I think maybe after that, like a few years later, I wanted to see what else they did. Cause yeah. you know, that's kind of a punk song. And then, you know, I yeah, it's kind of sky even. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, oh, this isn't what I thought they were at all. So is there one is there an album that's like punkier like that? Do they have like their um, Well, I mean, if you like Boss of Me, you might really like the spine. And like I said, I put it on my greatest disappointments list of two thousand four, but it is a great <laughs> album. If you like Don't Let's Start and you like the catchy stuff that's still a little weird, like um I would I would recommend the spine, honestly. That might get you into it and but if you want their weirder stuff I would go with Mink Carr. Like, if you want an album that's a lot like the Pink album as far as poppy, weird song, poppy song, weird song, Mink Carr from 2001 came out on September 11th, actually. That is one of my favorite albums of theirs. Um, but if you really want power pop, uh, power pop, gym after gym, The Spine is the way to go. Um, and, you know, uh, are you a Cloud Nothings fan? You know, a little bit, you know, yeah. Cloud Nothings? So I remember... I really liked those first two albums, and I kind of didn't keep up with them. Dude, every album is good. But Dylan uh, is a friend of the show. Dylan Baldy was on the episode where we did the song Spine and Spines, which are off of the spine. <laughs> so we yeah. talked about those two mini songs, and then we covered them uh, for my last uh, oh, nice. compilation, me and Dylan. I got to play drums and bass for Dylan <laughs> on this song. Uh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, we did like a medley, those two songs. Um he uh so he picked two songs off the spine and we're actually going to do another episode on bastard wants to hit me uh which is also off the spine which has this crazy robot voice and stuff 
But yeah, I think you should check out the spine first, probably. The spine and Minkar. Minkar for the weirdness, spine for like the bangers. Those are the two I'd recommend to you personally. Uh, try those out. Yeah, try those out. Uh, so speaking of Ween, don't you think 32 Footsteps kind of sounds like it could be a Ween song? A little bit. The The thing I said, like the vocals, Mike Patton is what I thought of immediately. Oh, really? But, <laughs> but I get Mike Patton, like at that point, like Mr. Bungle was still like a thrash ska band. <laughs> yeah. And like he wasn't in Faith No More yet. So I guess, yeah, Patton's more... They might be giants, I guess. It's funny, you know. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Patton's voice, but I could definitely see that. I respect. Oh, he can do anything, though. Yeah, true, he's, true. He's so, got at least one voice you like. Right. I I definitely like the Mr. Bungle stuff better than something about the voice he does on most of the Faith No More stuff. I don't know. It's a little Some, whiny. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about it is a little off for me. Um, I respect the rockingness of Faith No More, but I will never put them on. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it's if, not for everybody. I'm not going to yeah. complain if someone else puts them on. Because um, I have a lot of friends that are big fans of Mike Patton, for sure. I could see that. I like I like that comparison. It's a very kind of menacing song. So I think that kind of it fits is. with the Mike Patton wheelhouse, but also like the Ween wheelhouse. I'd say a lot of Ween's great songs, at least ones that I've really dove into, are like kind of scary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, uh. they've got, God, I can't remember what it's, it was on a Tony Hawk game. Uh, <laughs> a ween song that was on a Tony Hawk game? I don't remember this. Yeah, it wasn't on one of the first ones. It was on like Underground 2, maybe. It's called like, It's Gonna Be a Long Night. Tony Hawk's Underground 2, It's Gonna Be a Long Night, 2004. Yep, that one. Yeah, that's kind of spooky, but also rocking as hell. Nothings have a song on uh, a Tony Hawk game, one of those later ones. Um, I had to remind Dylan of that. that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I inherited a PlayStation Three, and that's like my newest system. And so I bought nice. some games, and I'm like, oh, Dylan, it was so awesome when I heard uh, 
uh, here and nowhere else come on. And he's like, oh, I forgot we were on that. I'm like, how can you forget <laughs> that your song's on a Tony Hawk game? That would be like the highlight yeah, of my career. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah. So did you check out this wiki page? Uh, had you ever seen the wiki before? No, it is. And why very, very detailed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like the most comprehensive fan wiki for anything that I've ever seen. Um, I got to pull it back up actually after my computer crashed, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All the interpretations up. for, uh, for 32 footsteps. Seems like a lot of people are pretty convinced it's about a, a man on death row. Ah, mm-hmm. and then there's some people, some of it's just insane. Like somebody thinks it's about a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get that deep in, I realized I did not play the version off of the demo tape. It's it, so this first appeared on the 1985 demo tape, and it's this is one of those that I think pretty much just it sounds like it pretty much just made its way right onto the album without being re-recorded uh, by Bill Krause. I did. You did send me that. Yeah, it doesn't really a, sound that different. It doesn't. But if you listen on headphones, you will notice it a little more. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of the demo tape version for people who might not have heard that and yes headphones would be recommended if you want to hear the differences in the mix here it is Thirty-two footsteps leading to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry 32 footsteps running on the road where the door reaches the sky 32 feathers in my brand new indian headdress 32 new moon shining in 32 skies what's the and why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. 32 footsteps, counted to myself. 32 footsteps. Bing, bang, bing along, sing, sing, sing along, ting, dang, ting along, day. Bing, bang, bing along, king, gang, king along, king, gang, king along, day. Ting, dang, ting along, king, gang, king along, ling, lang, ling along, day. Yeah, so according to the wiki, it's the, the 85 demo tape mix does not have the hand claps in the left channel that are on the album version. That's the one thing. That's it. <laughs> to me, it sounds like, well, it was definitely remastered. Uh, and it's probably, a little quieter. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and I mean, that's a, this is a fan rip of the demo tape. And that's oh, actually, okay. this is actually the best quality rip I've had. Cause I had a couple different rips as a guy that's a total dork and does a podcast about him. <laughs> I'm grabbing everything. Whenever someone's like, Oh, I unearthed this track. I'm like, okay, there's a good lossless version of it. Give me that. <laughs> so th- this is the best version of the demo that uh, I have uh, on digitally. I do not have a copy of the demo tape. Those go for like $250. Oh, wow. And I would sometime, sometimes uh, dispute their authenticity. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's even uh, a disputed 1984 demo tape, which has like six songs or something and it's not even on the discography listing on the wiki because people think it was a fraudulent thing that someone made trying to sell and make money at some point along the way. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause there are some songs that, that appeared on the 1985 demo tape and supposedly appeared on the 1984 demo tape though. It is generally agreed upon that that didn't really exist. <laughs> Couldn't they come out and debunk that pretty easily? Like the band was like, yeah, we didn't make that. You know, if they would come on this podcast, which 
I have proposed it to their management many times. Come on, you cowards. <laughs> I would Right. I would ask them things like that because they go on all these podcasts when Book came out, when the new album came out, and they ask them the same things every time. And I understand they're trying to make new fans, but like us dorks, we want to know these details. Can't you like do some fan service and come on this where we can talk about things that aren't just dial a song or tiny tunes or Malcolm in the middle or the new album. I mean, you've promoted the new album. You're past the promotional cycle for that. Flansburg just broke a bunch of ribs and they had to cancel the tour. Oh shit. Linnell. So good. Yeah. Yeah. He got in. So they restarted the tour. That was, uh, abruptly, uh, interrupted by COVID. They played the kickoff show at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. On the way home, the car that Flans was in got T-boned by a drunk driver, and he broke, he fractured seven ribs. And they had to cancel the shows again. I'm I'm seeing them in October. I'm on the bass player's guest list because I'm a cool guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, Danny's awesome. He uh, so like. They're not doing anything right now. Um, so, Linnell, come on the podcast and, and tell us things. Like, does the 1984 Tempo tape, was that actually a thing you released? Or is that something that someone uh, made pretending that it was a real thing? <laughs> come on, dude. I'm curious now. I'm not even that invested yet. <laughs> if, you like, if you'd like to hear... The rest of these demos, because a lot of them are different. This, most of them got re-recorded. I could also send you a zip of the whole demo tape if you want. Yeah, um, sure. You can hear that on YouTube, but it's not on any officially streaming stuff uh, at all. So I'll send that to you. I'll zip that up for you, and I'll zip up the first album live. You will love the Black Sabbath version of. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> of Toddler Highway. Um, so. 32 Footsteps is one of the, what, what I'd say is one of the weird songs, right? If we're talking about the poppy Definitely. songs, being like, everything rides wrong again, Puppet Head, Don't Let Start, She's an Angel, uh, even Hotel Detective, those are like catchy rock songs that are a little weird. And then they've got the songs that are really weird. And I'd say this falls into the really weird category. While it's not as weird as Bow yeah. of Car or Chesapeake's Face, wouldn't you say it falls into that category? Yeah, it's it's a weird one. And uh, it was the first one I listened to, like before I listened to the whole album, you know, because we were talking about this. And I was like, what is this band? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like, I really got into it, like that bass line, which I guess is just actually a keyboard, right? It's like funky. Yeah. It sounds uh-huh. like it should be like in the movie Thief or something like it's just cool <laughs> i don't what's that that's what's that movie i don't know that movie it's a michael Thief. mann movie james con r.i.p oh. oh, it just james like Con. really cool everything's kind of neon looking man you, you know, should watch I, it it's classic definitely definitely sounds up my alley everyone remembers james con from either the godfather or uh elf depending on how old they are mostly but he was in wes anderson's first movie have you seen bottle rocket i have yeah yeah <laughs> fucking hilarious in that movie it's a very small role it's crazy that he got that Wes Anderson got him in that because uh, he is a huge huge get for a director's first full length movie yeah that's nuts yeah so R.I.P. James Conn you know Jonathan 
The world needs dreamers. Excuse me? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, John, one day I believe that you're going to wake up and realize you no longer have a brother and you no longer have any friends. And on that day, I'm going to be standing front and center just laughing my fucking head off. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, yeah. Ow. Ow. God. Oh, yeah. I'm just messing around with my brother. Are we okay, okay here? Okay, 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 okay. I hope this doesn't offend you, Bob, but your brother's a cocksucker. No, offend you? Huh? No, that didn't offend me. Okay, good. I mean, he was great in Elf, honestly. He was perfect for that, known as like this tough guy uh, throughout his career. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. You know, buddy. Your father, well, he's on the naughty list. No! You're taking the books back? <laughs> see, I, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to make me feel bad when, in actuality, you're the one that missed the payments. But the children love the books. I know that. Uh, you know, I'm the one that ran the focus groups, but... I like hearing that. You want to read the first trivia thing? Or you got the wiki up in front of you? I do. Let me Give me that first bullet there. point before we get into the full interpretations. Some trivia info. Right. It says, The count up at the end of this song is the result of a spontaneous improvisation by Flansburg while recording. It starts at 128 with the number 28 and ends at 131 with the number 31. Mm. And I know... And I noticed on the on the wiki under you know it has where it lists like all the versions, all the live versions and everything. The live like first album live version is down to the second, the exact same length. And it seems it like is. he's saying the nut. And he says the numbers at the right time. It's it's nuts. <laughs> I didn't notice that it was exactly the same length because uh, that can change just depending on like especially in a live album, is there any yeah. like, dead air before the, or like them saying something beforehand? That, that, I did not notice that. Uh, kind of makes me think of the Wizzo song. Do you remember short music for short people? Yes, yes. The fat comp with all 30 second songs? Mm-hmm, with like a hundred different bands 101, on yes. A hundred and one songs, but since CD players only go double digits, there were three songs on track 99. So it's 99, 100, <laughs> And Wizzo had the very last song, and it was them, literally, they're German punk band, but they were counting in English from 1 to 30. And the song, even though it's part of, it's it's three, I've, I, it's been separated out. It is exactly 30 seconds long, exactly <laughs> as they count to 30 in a very catchy way. It's <laughs> such good song. Do you remember this song? I not not specifically. I oh will. Oh my yeah. god! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. If it was the very last song, I just might not have made it that far. Oh my god, <laughs> it's totally worth it. That that is a great album to do 
uh, chores too. Like if you're like cleaning or painting I can see that. or something, because it's just like boom, boom, boom. You're like bad religion, blink, nerf herder. You're like just going through all this amazing shit. Uh, so good, so good. Guar. I mean, like every everybody is on that. Oh, yeah, Guar is on there. Aren't yeah, they? fish fuck. <laughs> good thing we got Jesus. the explicit logo next. It's it, it's man. People should look yeah. up short music for short people. I think you got to go to YouTube. I don't think it's on Spotify. Um, I did not notice that it was a minute 36 seconds on both of those. We will play that live version a little later because we've got some older live versions, uh, unofficially released bootleg live versions to play before. My, since you mentioned you have the explicit label, my notes, what I wrote down for the live 1990 version, I just put this one fucks. Oh God! <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll get to so that. So sick. We'll. Yes. Oh my God! It's so good. Now the second bit of trivia on here, I did not realize this that this Bing Bang Bing Along actually had some semblance of order to it until I saw this trivia bit. So, according to trivia, the Bing Bang Bing Along part is simply the syllables ing ang ing along. Attached to successive consonants in the alphabet from B to P. So, bing, bang, bing along, king, king, king along, ding, dang, ding along, day. <laughs> B, C, D, it's just through the alphabet yeah. with ing, ang, ing along. I never realized that. Never realized that. Yeah. And apparently they get up to the 16th letter of the alphabet. So, halfway <laughs> to 32. Like, they really <laughs> thought about this. But they don't do A. Why didn't they do A? But that that, that was kind of weird. Ang, yeah, it wouldn't ang, really. Ang, ang, ang along. <laughs> yeah, you got to start with, with Bing It Bing says Bing every along. continent, so I guess they're leaving out the vowels. Oh, yeah. Do they leave? Oh, yeah, they do leave out the vowels. Yeah, okay, yeah. B, C, D, F. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I must bring up this harmonica. All right, so yes, Flansburg uses a special twenty harmonica, and it's a Honer is the brand. Special twenty is the model, uh, and it is still in production. So I sent you a link to uh, Sweetwater, which is most musicians' favorite place to buy shit from. Their customer ser- customer service is so good that they will annoy the shit out of you with follow-up calls to ask you if you're happy with your purchase. Uh, have you ever bought anything from Sweetwater? <laughs> I haven't. Maybe I should. They're located in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Though they, they serve nationwide, you know, Sweetwater.com. Last time I bought a guitar from a musician's friend, they sent me the wrong color twice. So I had to send it back once. I wanted baby blue. They sent me black. I sent it back. They sent me black again. I was like, all right, I guess I have the black one. <laughs> oh, my God. God, musician's friend. Yeah, they got bought by Guitar Center or maybe vice versa. Yeah, this was a while ago. This yeah. was high school probably. Ah, okay. What what kind of guitar was it? It was a BC Rich Warlock. Okay. Metal as hell. Yeah, totally, totally. So on the Sweetwater site, um, and Sweetwater is is – Great. Like they're a store that knows like they're their own thing. They're not owned by any bigger bigger company. They're located in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Cool town, but most people have never heard of it. It's a very blue collar punk rock town. Um yeah, they got a great punk rock bar where if you really want to get hurt in the pit, go to the brass rail. Uh people nice. fuck each other up there. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who's uh 
friend of a friend whose collarbone collarbone got broken when someone just lifted him up and then dropped him to the floor. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's not cool. So curious what the band was. So, <laughs> I yeah, I can't remember uh, what the story was. Though we did see, I don't think I've told this story on the pod, and this episode is full of tangents, so why not? I'm talking to a punk guy, so uh, I think you'd like this story. We Outdoor Valor has played, or actually, no, it was my old band, Take Manhattan. Um, did Outdoor Valor play the brass rail? So our old band, Take Manhattan, where Kara started playing bass, uh, we forced her to play bass. She knew how to play guitar and French horn, obviously. We're like, we need a bass player. I was the drummer. So Carr and I were the rhythm section of this band. We had a keyboardist. And uh, we played Fort Wayne a bunch because our guitarist grew up there. And the last time that we played there, when Carr said we're never playing there again, is <laughs> I'd probably play there again now, but I can understand why no woman would want to set foot in that bar. Sure. Um, our friend Tim, who I've lost touch with a little bit, he was in kind of a... Uh, Irish punk band, Celtic punk, you know, Pogues influenced mm-hmm. band where he played mandolin, but he was a huge guy. I don't know how he fit his fingers in those tiny frets, um, but he was like at least 300 pounds, you know? I, okay. I guess like 275 to 300 big guy, like six foot three, just huge guy. Um, very nice, big bearded, usually very nice. So he was drunk. Uh, I don't remember if it was before or after their set, but he was drunk and he lights up a cigarette. Now this is, like maybe a year after smoking had been completely banned at that bar. Um, And the bouncer who was like a former skinhead dude, uh, shorter, probably like five, eight, but like thick, just like thick guy, (laughs) shaved head, neck tattoos, like all this stuff. Like a guy looks like a bouncer. You would not want to say anything to this guy that would make him mad because he will just like kick your ass literally right out of the door. He's like, Tim, put it out and tim's like fuck you he's like fuck you and they're like okay they're joking like they know each other and then he's like no seriously dude you can't smoke it here anymore you know that put it out uh no so he just keeps smoking it's like dude go outside or put it out it's like no so then all of a sudden like it's getting serious and car and i are sitting like one table away from this and we're like uh and then all of a sudden they're grappling Greco-Roman wrestling style. It's oh like Hah! these two guys that are like 250 to 350. I don't even know. There's like 500 pounds of dude just like smashing up against each other as the bouncer is attempting to push this guy out the door. And he's he literally and he had, he was the shorter dude, but he like got under him and was shoving him backwards out the door for like it seemed like a full like three minutes, like just inching him back towards the back door. I think someone ended up with a bloody nose. I can't remember which one of them, uh, just like from a headbutt and got him out the door and closed the door on him and locked it or something. The back door, he just, like, locked him out. And Car is like, I don't like it here anymore. We should leave. Yeah. I, I, I think we had already played. I think we had already done our set. We were opening. And, uh, and then the kicker, I think this was the same show. Either way, same venue. We got home, and someone forwarded us. So this is two hours away. Someone forwarded us. Actually, three hours away, we were in Bloomington. Someone forwarded us a a news article. Check out what happened at the Brass Rail. And we're like, huh? Uh, 
we're like, oh, we already know what happened. No, this was 2 a.m. after we had already left. Someone was stabbed right outside the front door. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and like I said, the friend, his collarbone, like yeah. some friend, he knew his friend got dropped. His collarbone got broken. Car's like, we're never playing there again. I'm like, understood. <laughs> Don't blame her, yeah. <laughs> so Fort Wayne is a rough town. Anyway, Sweetwater still offers the Honer Special 20 Harmonica in the key of C for $55. I put it on my Amazon wish list. My birthday's in a month if anyone wants to get it for me. Um, and there is a demo of it. Uh, so it says, here's the perfect harmonica to learn on. And essentially, Flans, I think he admits, like, he's like, I'm not a great harmonica player. This one is easy to get a good pitch on. Uh, the Honer Special 20 gives you great tone and excellent bendability. Uh, since it has a special airtight design, the Special 20 is the choice for harmonica players of a bunch of different styles from blues to country, folk to rock. Uh, and it's made to last a long time. They still make it. Must be very popular model. I'm going to play a little bit of this video of the guy demonstrating it. And you can hear him doing some bends and stuff like that. And it's got a nice tone for rock because it's not too obnoxious, piercing, kind of like, oh, I'm an old blues man kind yeah. of vibe. No, it's diff- it has its own sound for sure. Did you watch this video? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. So I'll drop that in there right here. <laughs> this is the Honer Special 20. Part of the progressive series... The milestones that Honer has done is put in a plastic comb. This plastic comb is extremely comfortable to play. It avoids any swelling, possible issues with that comb swelling on you. It does have two screws, makes it friendly to take it apart, work on it, and retune it. You'll notice that there are no side vents. Like many other models, you'll see that this one has no side vents, which gives it its own specific sound. While the guts of this instrument are the same as a marine band, you're going to hear that because of these side vents being closed off, it gives it a much more mellow and round tone. You might want to think about picking up the Honer Special 20 if you're a total beginner. It's an amazing professional-level harmonica. Uh, If you know you're going to be playing rock and roll and blues and crossing over into several genres, this is also a really friendly harmonica for that. So this is the Honer Special 20. Check out what I got here. It's not one of those. It is a much cooler harmonica, actually, but much harder to play and kind of out of tune. This is my grandfather's. uh, It's probably 100 years old at this point. This is also a Honer. All right. So M Honer. This is a... They've been around a while. It's a Chromonica. Chromonica. It's a chromatic harmonica uh, made in Germany. It has... So check this out this little thing right here that I press on the side ups uh, each note by a half step. So I didn't attempt to learn 32 footsteps, but I could go ahead and try right now. But so this little, this little button. So you hear it go off a half step. So it's definitely got some reeds that are kind of messed up, and I've never gotten it repaired. Um, like it's got a wood part here. 
I mean, it's my. Sounds grandpa's. pretty good for a hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a family heirloom, and it was supposed to, like it's supposedly old when he got it. I've done some research on it, but uh, I mean, it says on the back Grand Prix Geneva, nineteen twenty-seven. Oh wow! So there you go. But let's see. So this isn't the Kia C. It's probably probably not in tune. Yeah, not that bad. What's that first note he's starting on? Yeah, I'd have to really practice it. I'm not good at the harmonica. Um, But if someone buys me the special 20 harmonica... You'll get good at it. (laughs) I will learn 32 footsteps. And I will put the harmonica through like a big muff fuzz pedal and delay. So <laughs> I'll run it through the pedal board. <laughs> so that's the harmonica that he uses. Pretty cool. I think I like this dorky kind of stuff. Uh, that's that's it for the trivia info. So do you want to talk about the lyrics? Yeah, I'm kind of... I mean... I have no idea what they're going for, but some of these uh, interpretations have me kind of convinced. Like beyond like like what? Like which one? All right, where are we at? Let me pull that up here. So you didn't start from scratch and try to think your own interpretation? Did you just go right for the? No, not yeah. I pulled it up. I yeah, I got nothing. There's I don't know 18, what the hell they were talking about. 18 interpretations here. And most of these Some old of songs them, do have a lot. What's your favorite? Um, I think my favorite one is the one it's just labeled. It's about a mouth. I'm not convinced <laughs> by this one, but it is my favorite. It Number says, 17. Yeah, read it for yeah. us. The 32 footsteps leading to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry. It's a mouth. The 32 footsteps are teeth. The room is a mouth and the paint is saliva. (laughs) The platypus. Adults do have 32 teeth. And it says to add to it, where's my baby? And then in parentheses, it says teeth. Two infantrymen (laughs) running in place, chewing. 32 boxcars, all of them have your face. Teeth all kind of look the same, plus they're in your face. They're in your face. (laughs) (laughs) My teeth are in my face. (laughs) That's a weird thing to say. The first couple are kind of similar. They say say it's an anti-capital punishment song. It's 32 steps to execution and floor falls Uh, out. uh Those seem... I, I could believe that that's what the song's about. More Even if I want to believe it's about a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's about your mouth being executed. It's when you get all your teeth removed because you didn't brush them enough. Uh, all, of the, <laughs> all of that middle section, it just seems like they're you know having fun doing the alphabetical thing, the wordplay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's about anything as much as it's just about doing that. Yeah. This is but, another thing you'll like on the... Uh, the first album live. So I did an episode on Rabid Child. Like, I think it was a single digit episode. You know, it's like 180 mm-hmm. episodes ago. And uh, so I dug out first album live, which I hadn't listened to in a couple of years. And the Rabid Child one, Flans intros it saying, I believe it was our second time we were ever interviewed. 
the interviewer asked us, what is the song Rabid Child about? And I'm thinking to myself, the song's called Rabid Child. What more do you want? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing. They 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 say that they don't think people should pick apart and interpret their songs. I mean, they don't say it in those words, but they're basically like, ah, we're not going to tell you what these songs are about, whatever. Um, it's kind of somewhere in between like discouraging interpretation and saying that you could make it about whatever you want. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a weird middle ground. And But sometimes they will tell you what songs are about. But other times they'll do the Bob Dylan thing and be like, oh, it's about this. And then two <laughs> years later, oh, it's about this. You're like, but you said it was about yeah. that before. But, well, changed my mind. Uh, yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll throw you off the case a little bit sometimes. Um, but I think... What do you think this one's about? To me, I, I think that it is about something more spooky like i said it has that spooky vibe something more spooky than a mouth though i suppose a song about a mouth would be plenty weird um and not totally out of the realm of possibility for the might be giants i mean they have a song about a haircut uh bangs which is a great song actually that's about lusting after a girl who has bangs and you're just complimenting her haircut constantly good topic for a song yeah oh it's it's great it's the first track off min car um okay total banger the 32 footsteps uh, to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry, running down the road where the dirt reaches the sky, 32 feathers, 32 new moons. Um, I mean, almost anything you you say could seem both plausible and a stretch at the same time, right? Like you, you, yeah, could, twist, definitely. you could twist each line to make sense with whatever you want almost, right? Like... Where the paint doesn't want to dry. What yeah, somebody just assumed it was about a guy. I think it was on Genius, actually. I looked it up on Genius also. Oh, okay. And their annotations are completely different than anything on there. They think it's just about a guy who's painting his apartment and like having a nervous breakdown, pacing around nervously. <laughs> yeah, the road where the dirt reaches the sky, so like the horizon. Feathers in my brand new Indian headdress. New moon shining through the 32 skies. So new moons could be like, you know, the cycle of time or something. Like, I, I could see that being related to, without looking straight in interpretation tab, how you could say it's about a guy who's basically waiting to die because he's on death yeah. row or whatever. But then, you know, where the dirt reaches the sky, I mean, you could say, like, am I going to heaven or hell? Whatever. That's the end of the earth. Uh, where the paint doesn't want to dry. I don't know what that means in relation to that. Feathers in an Indian headdress. I don't know what that means in relation to that. So, like, I, yeah, you can make half the lines fit, and half of them you'd really have to do some tap dancing to to get yeah to make it fit. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's almost like he's kind of like in the lyrics discouraging any sense of meaning to this song right in the song by saying what's kind the of, yeah what's the reason why'd you go where's my baby i don't know basically this whole song is like ah whatever <laughs> <laughs> 32 footsteps counted them myself 32 footsteps i didn't realize that lyric for a long time counted them myself he says it so quickly Count it. 32 footsteps counted yeah. them myself 32 footsteps 32 lies my ears never saw ears never saw what? Is, yeah. When, when the floorboards gave it, 
Oh, okay. All right. So, so that's he's blindfolded or he's got like when they hang someone, yep. They'll put the mask or the the hood over their head. My so 32 lies my ears never saw when the floorboard gave way. The floor opens up and he's hung. 32 walls come tumbling down and the night turns to day. Night turns to day. I don't know. He's dead, but then he sees the light of heaven. I don't know. He's being hung. He must have done something wrong or not. <laughs> You know, in or our not. American, just, in our American justice system, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the some people uh, think it's an innocent guy, okay. and his girlfriend, his baby, whoever that is, uh-huh. was murdered. He gets blamed for it, and he doesn't know what happened to her. Oh, okay, that's fun. That's the, where's my <laughs> like? Where's my baby gone? That part. Ah, okay. Why was she killed? Where'd she go? I don't know. Huh. 32 infantrymen running in place, 32 boxcars, all of them have your face. Infantrymen, I don't know. Boxcars, it's like, jeez. Infantrymen, like you're killed in battle. Boxcars, you're boxcar hobo. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. It's, yeah. And then just the counting down. No! No! <laughs> no! I mean, someone calling out as they're going to be executed i don't know i'd say maybe that's the closest thing but this is one of those songs where i feel like truly you shouldn't overthink it like yeah each individual line can paint a picture in your head but they don't necessarily have to tell a story i think it's more like it evokes this just like creepy imagery in a bunch of different ways kind of just like sewn together yeah that's 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 my that is that your ultimate response? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the the Simpsons parody of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is that your final answer? Is that your ultimate response? <laughs> you want some of this? Well, do you? I can honestly say I do. All right then, for half a million dollars, which of the following is not a subatomic particle? Oi. A. Proton. B. Neutron. C. Bonbon. Or D. Electron. Oh, boy. All right, let's see here. Uh, well, I was born in Indiana, so that ain't it. And, uh, hmm, I better call my lifeline. Hello? Hey, Mo. We're watching you on TV. Yeah, I know, Homer. So, how's that bowel obstruction doing? Homer, please. <laughs> uh, I got a nuclear-type question here. Well, it all starts when a molecule comes out of its nest. The answer is bonbon. I'm gonna say bonbon. Bonbon, Amo. Is that your ultimate response? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you are correct. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the music? We talked a lot about the harmonica. You mentioned the. Uh, it is definitely synth bass. If you go to the credits tab, uh, no one is credited as bass. Sometimes they will put electric bass on this stuff it in does. the early days. But it sounds like Lino, a bass. Linnell is credited as keyboard. I'm pretty sure it's keyboard okay. bass. They did mostly keyboard bass on the first album. Some more bass guitar ended up coming in in the later duo albums. Um, I noticed yeah. the harmonica, actually, it kind of seems like more of an accent on the studio one. That bass is, you know, yeah. not bass, but yeah. that's thumping. But on every live version that I saw, that harmonica is like the star of the show. He's just like wailing yep. on it. And then the accordion, accordion and harmonica really blend together nicely. 
because they're both reed instruments. It's just one is very small <laughs> and one is very large. And one you blow into and the other one you pump the air through. But they're actually very similar in like the engineering of how they make the sound. Um, so they blend huh. together real well. Um, they do. Yeah. So Linnell plays keyboard and accordion and does the lead vocal. Flans does the harmonica and the backup vocal. So I think we should listen to those live versions. So let's go chronologically. So the first one is off of a fan bootleg, I believe. Um, I'm not sure who recorded it, but this dude, Peter Gritch, who is just like amazing in collecting bootlegs, um, mixing or like more like mastering them to where they can sound their best for being someone just having a boombox out in the venue, probably. It's 1987. Yes. It's not from. Yeah. It's not a recording from the board. It is someone in the crowd, and I have this entire well, set. Sounds pretty 19, good for that. Then, nineteen eighty-seven. I have the entire set. The banter is amazing as well. Um, so let's play. This is Atlanta, Georgia, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, Thirty-two footsteps. Let's listen. that one that one wasn't my favorite it's cool it's like a neat artifact but i think it wasn't my favorite of the ones that i listened to it's you a little like slower best i yes. like the next one a lot so the song was still new ish when they played it in 1987 right so the song so yeah it would have been uh, a year old right the song was written in 85 or 84 we don't really know but it was on the demo tape um it was first played in 1985 and then came out officially, I guess, well, the demo tape was official, I guess. But the first album was from 86. So it's it was probably two years old by that point. But that's kind of most bands, like their first album, they've been working on shit for a couple of years. Yeah. And then they got to come with their, with their follow-up very quickly. Uh, so the first performance was in 1985. So they were, still pl- they were already playing it for a couple of years. Um, there's 87 known performances. Starting in '85, and this is according. So to the this Wikis. isn't this isn't like a staple then. No, so they were playing it a lot in the early days when they only had like yeah fifty songs to their name, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, this so, album has like twenty. <laughs> they played it once in 1985, three times in 1987, and we're about to listen. Actually, the one we're listening to is the second performance ever. They only played yeah. it once in 1985. And according to the wiki, so it's not infallible, but it's very, very close to being correct on most things. We're listening to the Club Rio version. Uh, like, yeah, I'll say, I, I guess I will have already dropped it in. So the Club Rio, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, June 26, 1987. They played it two more times in 1987. Uh, twice in 1988. 
a bunch of times in 1990. I guess on the Flood Tour, they were busting it out, busting it back out. Mm-hmm. They played a ton of times in 90, 92 on the Apollo 18 tours. Not until 97. So then they played it in 1999 and not again until 2013. When they were doing the first album tour. First album on tour, yes. So, but let's, we'll get to that in a second. We're going to play this, probably my favorite bootleg recording of They Might Be Giants, 1990. Uh, my friend Daryl Till, who has been on the show a couple times, good dude, uploaded it to his channel. He was not at this show. He is from England. Uh, he didn't see them until a couple years after that, but he obtained the full tape of them playing London in 1990 as a duo, just going fucking berserk, flans, so wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Uh, and Linnell is on accordion the entire time. There's no keyboard, no anything. It's flans with guitar, and in this case, no guitar, just harmonica. Linnell on accordion the whole time, and backing tracks. And people know, I've played a bunch, every time I can, I play a clip from this show, so people know that the audio is blown out. But I'm going to have to watch this whole show, probably. Yeah, if you go to Astro B's uh, channel, he also uploaded it. It's just one giant thing. So you can just watch the whole thing through. Totally worth a watch. Uh, Let's plop it in here, people. That's how they won people over. Because I think most people weren't used to a band being just two people. Like, backing tracks was kind of a novel thing. I mean, you know, rap rap was bubbling to the surface, especially in New York. And I think someone hearing, like, a drum machine along to a rapper would have been like, oh, okay. But for a rock band to have a drum machine going, people were like, huh, what is this? So they had to jump around the stage make a huge ruckus to convince people they were a rock band. And I totally relate to this. With Outdoor Valor having been a duo for six years, you show up and people are like, oh, when's your drummer coming? And like, oh, <laughs> it's I'm the drummer. 
and I'm on an iPod. Here you go. Plug it into the PA, right? And be like, huh? So you got to like jump around and like crank your... I always had to convince sound guys to be like, make the backing track as loud as as if someone was slamming on the drums back there. Mm. We're not a quiet band, okay? Put your earplugs in. We're going to be loud, right? I'm going to give you some feedback and you know if you're not wearing earplugs watch out so that's kind of like i can definitely relate to the way they were just kicking ass in this and and in the early days they played cbgb's a ton most people don't realize that like that's a cbgb's poster behind me they're not yeah yeah right ramones talking heads blondie i mean they're obviously the next generation of bands there but they were playing cbgb's with like butthole surfers and stuff and like that actually re- makes sense to me. Yeah, right? I mean, they were playing, like, they would play with, like, like some of the crazy avant-garde poets, uh, shit, like, uh, people didn't know where to put them, and that's part of what's cool, uh, if you if you really suck yeah, it into them. Yeah, I kind of didn't either. Yeah, you should watch the Gigantic documentary. If you get into, like, some of the tunes I've suggested, the Gigantic documentary about them uh, came out in 2001, which... So is it just called Gigantic? It's called Gigantic, A Tale of Two Johns. Uh, right? Okay. They might be giants. It's called Gigantic, right? Uh, it's not about the Pixies. It is about... They might be giants. Uh, <laughs> pretty well done. It's got some cool talking heads moments from some NPR folks who, obviously, those dorks like them because you yeah. know, we're, all, we're all dorks if Checks we like out. giants. But it's got, like, uh, Andy Richter makes an appearance. Harry Shearer makes an appearance. Michael McKean makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, all people I'd love to get on the show, you know, someday, someday, <laughs> but they might be giants or a punk band people. And if anything, punk adjacent or punk influenced, I mean, their early stuff. I mean, this is po- post-punk. How is this not post-punk, right? Yeah. This is art yeah. punk. However that, you want to, whatever this album, definitely right. Whatever word you want to put before punk, fine. Post-punk art punk. Like it's, I mean, the aesthetics, the energy, the creativity of it, the don't give a fuck attitude. I mean, it is, that's, I mean, that's why I like them. All I was listening to at the time was Fat Wreck stuff, Epitaph stuff. And then I heard Dig My Grave and I was like, I mean, that's, that's a punk song. It's the first track of Apollo 18. It's a punk song. I actually did that episode with um, Sean uh, Crawford of Punk News fame oh, as nice. well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. This, I think one of my favorite parts of this, and I'll make sure that I played this in the clip around a minute. And if you've got the video up in front of you, at around a I minute, don't. when Flans jumps back into the harmonica part after that chorus first chorus he goes back to the harmonica he's playing and yelling in between the parts he goes he just like randomly yells it uh, when i first saw i just cracked up because that's just like that kind of thing where you're playing a show and you're in the moment and you're like just do something just like on impulse where you're like this will either be cool or stupid or whatever i'm just gonna do it right you fall on the ground with your guitar you knock the mic sand over whatever you're just like trying to do something to get people to be convinced that you're fucking rocking as hard as you can and for him he's playing the harmonica which can be incredibly dorky it's again like accordion not something you're gonna see like a cool 
punk band do in 1990. But to convince people you're punk, you're wearing a Ramones shirt while you're playing the harmonica, and you scream in the middle of your harmonica parts. <laughs> Is that right before he drops it, too? I think so, yeah. 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 Harmonica drop, right? Uh so let's move to now we're jumping all the way from an 87 recording and a 1990 recording to a 2013 recording. And like we said, they put it, they retired it for 14 years, came back when they started doing the first album, full first album on tour. So uh, the first album live, I think I told you before we recorded, you could find it on some website called noise something or other. You know, oh let, yeah. New let noise. Me, yeah, you know, actually, let me look this up so people, if they want to go grab the whole thing, I think you still can. They might be selling it on their website now, but let me just double check this and I can cut out the dead air here. So in 2013, let's see, for some live, for some live. 2014, it came out, but it's 2013 tour. For some live. Come on, Wi Fi. Jesus Christ. Um. Okay. Noise trade. Noise trade. Okay. Trade. T R A D E. Noise trade. I'm clicking over to it. Let's see if this website still exists. Because <laughs> in nine years. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in a while. A lot of blogs can uh, die. Hmm. Anyway, you could try going to noise trade and give them your. Because that's what I did like five or six years ago when I got it was I gave them my email address and got the album. You might be able to get it on teambg.com as a download. I don't know. It was never released as a physical, but it is totally awesome. And I will, I'll just send you the MP3 so you don't have to go sure. try to find it. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, the the uh, seven-minute version of Toddler Highway. Highly recommended. Uh, for, that's for any, the, any listeners. the sock puppet one, right? The sock puppets. Yeah, it's about yeah. a minute and a half song with about a five-minute buildup. <laughs> Uh, and Black Sabbath at the beginning. <laughs> so good. So good. Cool. Uh, yeah, so let's listen to this version. Thirty-two footsteps lead to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry. Thirty-two footsteps running on the road where the dirt reaches the sky. Thirty-two feathers in my brand new Indian headdress. Thirty-two new moon shining in thirty-two skies. What's the reason why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. Thirty-two footsteps, counting numbers up. Thirty-two footsteps. Ding, 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 long, sing, 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 long, ding, 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 long day. Ding, 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 long, ding, 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 long, ding, 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 long hey. Ding, 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 long, ding, 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 long, ling, lang, ling, long lay. Ding, bang, bang, long, ding, bang, bang, long, ping, bang, bang, long pay. What's the reason why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. Thirty-two footsteps, counting numbers up. Thirty-two footsteps. Thirty-two lies, my ears never saw when the floorboard gave way. Thirty-two walls come tumbling down, and I turns today. Thirty-two infantrymen running into place. Thirty-two boxcars all the So this one uh, has the what is still the current lineup of the band, the band that solidified around the spine. Marty Beller, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Marty. Happy birthday, Marty. 55, I believe. Uh, his first album he played on was The Spine in 2004, and they've had the same five dudes ever since. So, yeah, recorded November 2nd, 2013, um, this song. 
I think they recorded two two shows and then pieced this album together from that. So November 2nd, 2013 on the Pink Album Tour in 2013. Danny Wankoff on bass, Dan Miller on guitar, Marty Beller on drums, and the Johns. Of course, what did you think of this? I guess we could call it a modern version. It's nine years old, but a modern version. What did you think? It was a lot tighter, like more professional for sure. It sounds awesome. Yeah. But the energies, it's different. You know, yeah. it's not better or worse, but I think the the 90 version is still the most fun, I would say. And this is the only version we've played here that has... Uh, it's a full band. Live musicians back yeah. in the Johns, right? And I, I probably could find a version from the mid-90s that has the previous bands in it. But uh, So I like this version a lot because I'm a big fan of uh, their band. I mean, those dudes are awesome, super tight. And it's always cool hearing how the different humans that have been in their band... Yeah interpret the crazy backing tracks that they came up with 40 years ago almost yeah. 40 years ago this is their 40th year as a band they started in 1982 insane for some reason probably because of the malcolm in the middle thing in my mind they were 90s band for sure i didn't realize they'd been around that long well flood their best-selling album still to this day came out in 1990 so you know they had the two albums again right like most bands they were Writing, 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 writing. It took them four years to put out an album. Uh, I mean, they barely started. They say 1982. They only played one show in 1982, and they weren't even called They Might Be Giants yet. They were called (laughs) De Grupo de Rock and Roll was the name of their band for one show. That's a mouthful. They played a Sandinista rally in Central Park. That's cool. And then they, they truly started in 1983. But 1992, they were the two Johns playing with backing tracks. So they call that when they started. Fair enough. Uh, so I like this album, oh, this first album live a lot, and I hadn't listened to it in full uh, until it had been years since I listened to it in full uh, until today, and it is amazing. And everyone should go grab it. Like I said, let's move on to the cover section. Yeah. First one, we'll play the one that I sent you last. My friend's one. We'll play that last. Yeah. Um, cause the ones that are made custom for the show, like mm. I told them I was recording it today and they're like, we're going to get you a cover. So it was made specifically for our recording, uh, today. Oh, I nice. Play the, I play them in full. That'll be the last one we play. So first up, Jenny and Dan, Jenny, what Dan, what? I don't know. Uh, there's chance. I know these people around the fan community. I think they should reveal themselves. Dan Cruton or Crouton. That would be cool if his name was Crouton, uh, is the channel. Dan Crouton, he doesn't have a whole lot on his page. But Jenny and Dan, on the Dan Crouton uh, page, they have a 30-second version of 32 Footsteps. So I, I think I'll play the whole thing. Here it is. 32 feathers in my brand new Indian headdress 32 new moons shining in 32 skies What's the reason? Why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know 32 footsteps, count for myself 32 footsteps An abridged cover, what did you think? I liked it, it's missing half the song But it's fine, it doesn't need it (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's like a clean electric guitar, a shaker, some sort of low bass type instrument, and Jenny is the one doing the singing. And it sounds pretty. It's a cool rendition um, that makes it sound less spooky, which is kind of cool. Definitely less spooky. Kind of like indie pop version. But, you know, in the modern, I mean, I guess this is an eight-year-old cover. They could have just copied and pasted the music over and done the second verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, I like it for what it is. I like it. Uh, short and sweet. Let's move on to Luke Hennish. Now, Luke Hennish. Luke, I am taking you to task because I just realized that Luke Hennish totally screwed me over on a They Might Be Giants compilation. I'm just kidding. The... <laughs> they might be shitposting. TMBS.bandcamp.com put out a Apollo 18 tribute uh, because it's the 30th anniversary of Apollo 18 came out in 1992. And I had missed like the submissions for the comp. And like I put out all of my own stuff. But they do a lot over there too at They Might Be Shitposting. And my friend at Columbia, who has been on the show a couple times, I was like, oh, dude, I just found out you're doing this. Can I be on it? He's like, oh, shit, we already have someone claimed every someone claimed every song. But Luke, who is doing uh, She's Actual Size, has kind of dropped off the map, and I haven't heard from him in a month. Do you want to do that one? So I did. I did like an Iron and Wine Elliott Smith version of it, which was totally out of my wheelhouse, this like uh, acoustic, hushed vocal kind of version of a song that is kind of a jazzy song. And I submitted it, and then Luke, who I found out is this Luke, Luke Hennish, showed up at the last second, out of nowhere, came back from wherever he had gone, and at the last at the deadline, gave Ekalemchi his cover, and I got bumped off the comp to a oh, bonus man. track. <laughs> I became a bonus track. So oh, you have man. to actually, if you download it, which you can download it for free, uh, you get my track but it is not on the main page streaming. So I went ahead and put it on my own compilation called Covers by Order. That is the one <laughs> where I donated money to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Uh, so it is in a couple of places, but yeah, you could go hear it on this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com, Covers by Order. Anyway, Luke, Luke, seems like a fine guy, did a version of 32 Footsteps just back in January of this year. So let's listen to it. <laughs> Steps lean to the room where the paint doesn't want to dry. Thirty-two footsteps walk down the road with the dirt to the sky. Thirty-two feathers in a brand new Indian dress. Thirty-two new moonshine and thirty-two skies. What's the reason why you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. Thirty-two footsteps counting myself. Thirty-two footsteps. Bing bang, bing long, bing bang. This one goes a little more off the off the script. This is the kind of Nintendo glitchy sounding one, right? It's very synthy, yeah. I would yeah. quite call it an eight bit cover, but it's cool. It's synthy. It's uh, it's definitely got the spookiness yeah. of the original, like dialed up even a little bit. I made a comment on this yesterday. Gonna play this on the episode coming out next week. Great cover. And Luke said, awesome. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. 
I didn't call him out on there. So hopefully he'll listen to the episode <laughs> and be like, what's up, Luke? Coming for you, man. No, it's a great cover. I like it. I did. I like this one a lot. Yeah. It's slower. It's spooky. This song, it seems like, I mean, and from the ones we haven't even talked about yet, like you can kind of put this, maybe it's a you know, facet of their music in general, but they're pretty adaptable to anything. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to find that out, especially with the final yep. cover we're going to play. But first, we're going to play The Yelling Strange, which I think is a great name for a band. They have been on a few covers uh, segments before, but I do not know who these people are. So if you're listening, anyone, if you're in The Yelling Strange, it's at least one guy and one gal. Uh, tell me who you are, because I like your covers. So this is on SoundCloud.com slash The Yelling Strange. Uh, 32 Footsteps. Let's listen. bedroom pop vibe it sounds a little more kind of ragged but i say that as a compliment it sounds very kind of of the moment captures that energy uh and gives it yeah that more kind of like twee sound kind of like bedroom pop uh oh yes this one i remember i did like this one yeah it's almost like amateurish in the best sense where it's like you could tell they were having fun didn't really labor over it too much you know didn't overthink it I dig it. Any final thoughts on this cover? It's it's funky. I like it. <laughs> it's funky fresh. They get the ba- they keep the bass closer to the original than any of these other ones did. And that's probably yeah. my favorite part of the song. So into that. Nice. Yeah. Yelling Strange, get at me. Who are you? Anyone who knows the Yelling Strange? Who are these people? Uh so now the final cover it was made uh just for us. Emailed me yesterday by the guy playing guitar on it, Ben Bird, who actually is one of my board members on my newly, f- my f- my currently oh, nice. forming corporation, uh, <laughs> which will probably be called This Might Be uh, LLC. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if, if that makes sense or if that's just dumb. Um, as far as an actual corporation, it's a little a little more serious than naming a podcast or a band or something. Yeah, right? that's fair. <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, Ben Bird and his friend Tim and Rachel. Uh, Rachel, I paired up with these guys. Rachel Jones, she's been on the show pretty recently. Um, 
she lives in Iowa. These two dudes live in Virginia, and they do old timey music. Uh, Appalach- Appalachian, uh, Appalachian. Yes, Appalachian folk. They did a cover of the song called "Prepare," which is kind of a more obscure uh, modern cut, where they took the Seneca Square Dance, this old, famous old country uh, country tune you dance to. Over 100 years old, I'm sure. The Seneca Square Dance and They Might Be Giants song Prepare, and they mashed them together, and it came out amazing. So these three people decided to form a band. They're called, I think they're called We Are the Number Three, based on the song Number Three off of the first album. Uh, There's only three songs in me, and I just wrote the third. And We Are the Number Three now is is going conti- to continue to do They Might Be Giants covers in an old-timey style. So what they did here was they took a song called Sandy Boys. I'm going to play a little clip of that. Sandy Boys, played by, uh, this version is played by Old Timey Messengers. The Old Timey Messengers playing Sandy Boys. Let's hear We Are the Number Three doing, they're calling it 32 Sandy Footsteps. Let's hear it. <laughs> 32 footsteps leading to the room where the paint don't want to dry. 32 footsteps running down the road where the dirt hits the sky. What's the reason? Why'd you go? Where's my baby? I don't know. 32 footsteps, counted on myself. 32 footsteps. Bing, bang, bing. What's the reason why to leave? Don't you know we're on the eve of 32 footsteps? Counted in myself, 32 footsteps. Hing, hang, hing along, jing, jing, jing along, jing. Hing, hang, hing along, ling, ling, ling along, ling. Hing, hang, hing along, jing, jing, jing along, jing. Hing, hang, hing along, ling, ling, ling along, ling. 32 infantrymen. Boxcar trains and all of them have your face. What's the reason why you leave? Don't you know we're on the eve of 32 footsteps? Counted on myself, 32 footsteps. Ning, nang, ding along, ping, ping, ping along, pay. Quing, clang, cling along, ring, rang, ring along, ring. what'd you think this one is fucking awesome right it's it's the same song but it's not it's incredible my favorite probably very creative and just that song as weird as it is is so adaptable it works as you know kind of like a 
chiptune thing. It works as a bluegrass song. It's just, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos, you guys. I just think it's so cool. You know, at first it sounds a little jarring to people who have been listening to 32 Footsteps for, you know, most of their life, like I have been, because they take the melody of Sandy Boys and she puts the 32 Footsteps lyrics to it. And you're like, well, this is weird what's going on but then as it goes on she starts layering harmonies it all of a sudden starts feeling like okay this makes sense like it kind of really locks in in the in the first chorus and you're like okay yeah i'm in because at first i was listening i'm like i'm I'm like i don't know if this one works as well as their last as their prepare seneca dance combo and then all of a sudden i'm like okay yeah this totally (laughs) works this is totally rad um so that one I'm going to go ahead and throw that for people who want to download that. I'm going to throw it into the covers by order, meaning I ordered a cover of 32 footsteps and I got it. I'm going to put it onto that compilation, which already has, I think 32 tracks. Uh, coincidentally, (laughs) this will put it up to 33. (laughs) So 32 (laughs) Sandy footsteps, uh, by we are the number three, Ben, Tim and Rachel. Good job. Awesome. Great job. So it's time to score this song. What are you going to score? 32 footsteps. So going, going out of 10, right? Yep, and you can use decimals. So now as someone who doesn't know more than like maybe, what, like 20 They Might Be Giant songs, something like that? Uh, 25? Yeah, and no is a strong word because there's a lot of them, you know, I just listened to on the <laughs> album once. But Well, is there I a song say- of theirs that you do know that we, you would say is a 10? Don't let's start. Yeah. Okay. I think that's so, that's my favorite. Uh, so if I'm gonna call that one a ten, yeah. I think we're gonna go about an eight for thirty-two footsteps. Yeah, sounds good. It's okay. great. It's a great song, but they've got better songs. Truth. Truth. And I would agree with all that. And every time I do an episode, even if it's on a song I've known for forever, it always makes me appreciate the songs more. Like doing an episode never makes me like, oh, actually, the song kind of sucks. It always goes the other way where I'm like, I learn about the harmonica. I think more about the lyrics. I like see a couple of live versions. I'm like, this song fucking rules. Now, that said... I got to go lower than you because like an eight for me is pretty coveted at this point. You know, this I'm ranking, this is the 189th song I've ranked. I've scored. Um, So eights, you really got to earn an eight. And this one, I love the self-titled. I love all the weirdness. Um, But obviously some of the weird ones are better than others. I would say this maybe amongst the weird ones is one of the stronger ones. It's kind of straddling that line between like, a uh, hummable, catchy song and like a bizarre what the fuck are they doing song. It kind of straddles that it's line. It's going to be bit. stuck in my head for like the rest of my life. It is very yeah. catchy. It's very catchy while also very spooky and weird. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 7.2. 7.2. Yeah. And is there anything that you would like to plug or tell people? about finding you on the internet anything like that uh, you can just follow me on twitter i think i'm on all the sites but that's the only one i ever use so what's your twitter handle and uh, it's just tory peterson peterson with the d and working yes. on writing some stuff nothing really to promote at the moment but okay cool that's where um, to find out 
Nice. Yeah. To uh, so some some. Do you have a new band or something, or are you doing solo stuff? No, I'm just writing. Not cool. really doing music right now. Uh, okay, writing, writing, so, not writing songs. Writing, nice. writing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, actually, okay. trying to write a horror movie right now is the thing I'm working on. Maybe you should sneakily put in something about 32 footsteps. I should. In there. Something about a room <laughs> where the paint doesn't want to dry. or so, You know, it's a horror movie. You can do mm-hmm. the, uh, the where the floorboards gave way. <laughs> <laughs> you can turn that old song into a movie for sure. Yeah, dude, sneak it in there. Be a little Easter egg for us dorks. You're like, oh my God. You know, when the movie comes out, 32 footsteps. <laughs> it wouldn't even have to be the song playing, but just like someone says something where it's like a little phrase where you're like, oh. Yep. <gasps> You know, you do the, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing. We'd be like, <laughs> looking at the TV, <laughs> pointing at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, I, you're another one of those people me. that had to wait a while. You waited a year. And that's pretty much uh, being a show that's hosted by just a boring white dude. I'm trying to get the show to be uh 50% guests that are n- just not white dudes <laughs> non white dudes mm. so people <laughs> that are i'm trying to get a lot more women on the show trans folks people of color i'm i'm pushing for 50% non dudes <laughs> is how i've been well, saying it and uh so uh us white guys other than me who gets to be on every episode typically wait a while <laughs> to be on <laughs> so i appreciate your patience not no problem man thanks for having me this is fun yeah dude it was nice to talk to you at length because you know just we we chat off and on about different various things and you did us a huge solid reviewing the second outdoor velour ep taking the time to do that and it's a very well written view like i said you know like three out of five that's fine you know (laughs) it's everything you said in it i think people who like who were like oh yeah i like those bands you know, I bet we got some listeners off of that review. So I hope thank so. you very much for that. Yeah. And uh, I will send you all this content and maybe you'll yeah, become a do. bigger They Might Be Giants fan. Uh, so that would be awesome. I'm getting there. I'm going to listen to the spine later today. Yeah, dude. And do it. By the do way, it. we just timed this perfectly. It just started raining hard. I can hear there it outside. There we go. So you think you might lose power? <laughs> it's possible. It's always possible. And it always seems to happen when I'm at home. It's never when I'm at work or doing something. I yeah, right. Do. Up, power's out. Everybody go home. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. Now I can't watch TV or do anything. All right, dude. Uh, thanks again. I'm going to hop off because, yeah, with all our delays and technical issues, I think we got to go get the girls at daycare now. But we squeezed it in here. Thanks for doing a daytime one. It's nice to, to yeah. not have to use my evenings up on these. So have a good one. You too, man. Thanks for having in me. In the monsoon. Yeah, dude. All right. Talk to you soon. See ya. Peace. Peace. walls come tumbling down and the night turns to day. 32 infantrymen running in place 32 boxcars, all of them have your face What's the reason why'd you leave? Don't you know we're on the eve of 32 footsteps Getting them as up 32 footsteps 